Did we talk about us? We have, I think, at least once we've touched on it. Welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. Hey, John, have you watched that Ahsoka Loki crossover? <laughs> Ahsoka Loki? <laughs> Ahsoka Loki. Uh, I did watch Ahsoka. So, I mean, good grief, this comes out in like December. So people are like, what was Ahsoka? But I really liked Ahsoka. But I'm disappointed that... We should have talked about this with the first episode that we recorded this time. I don't think that Ray Stevenson will be back. No? Have you seen so. all the, the, the internet memes, as the kids call them, of uh, people putting Liev Schreiber in in his place? No. And it's... it looks surprisingly a lot like him with the facial hair and everything. I never loved Liev Schreiber as much as I like as I liked, while well, still like Ray Stevenson. Hmm. No offense, Liev Schreiber, if he's a listener. Liev Schreiber seems much more intense. Yeah, he does. I, uh, why didn't, are you watching the Loki? I am. What do you think our, of it? Our daughter's watching it too, and she hadn't watched the first series. Really? And now, oddly enough, she's watching the Thor movies, but she's watching them in reverse for some reason. Interesting. No, not really. Like, she started with Ragnarok, and now she's been watching Dark World. I told her not to, because it's awful. But she doesn't, she wants me to explain why it's awful, but it's been so long since I've actually seen it that I don't right. remember. Nobody watch it. I mean, I truly remember almost nothing of Dark World, because I have yeah. not seen it since I saw it in the theater. Yeah. It's weird. So, uh, what do you think of Loki? Um, I like it so far. I what? How many episodes have we watched? Three. Three. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure they were going to be able to pull it off, and I like the stuff that happened after first Loki came out, and then Jonathan Majors got in trouble, and you're like, mm, I don't know what they're going to do, but he's in there, and I, I, I don't want to defend anyone. Outs- probably wise outside of what they put on a screen for me to watch sure so i don't have an opinion on whatever happened because i don't know nobody knows but i like jonathan majors as an actor i think he's got a really weird range i just wanted to slap him in the most recent episode of loki with all of his stuttering and oh yes i mean i'm assuming that's the the character tick that he put in for this particular kang version yeah but yeah it was a little yeah, get to the point. Come on, come on, spin it yeah. up. It's like, oh my god, you're driving me insane. But yeah, I, I like, I like. Uh, oh my god, I'm gonna butcher his name. Kiwi Kwan. Yes, uh, short, he's great. Short round. Yeah, I'm he's gonna call him short round because it's so much easier. He's <laughs> always so good. But I think he's really good in it. And uh, I'm loving that he's having this career renaissance now. Yeah, and career resurgence. I think Owen Wilson's doing a good job. Kind of, he's he seems much more laid back in this season than he was in the first season. You know, I watched uh, when I was on vacation last. Two weeks ago, I watched uh, The Haunted Mansion that Owen Wilson is also in. Oh, okay. Danny DeVito in that as well? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not always the biggest Owen Wilson fan, uh, and I wasn't in Haunted Mansion, but I think he works in Loki in a way he doesn't work in uh, some other stuff. He works in what kind of Loki way? <laughs> no. Like he's Loki? And you think he's... I, I liked Haunted Mansion. I always liked Owen Wilson. He always seems kind of, just kind of like there. He's, yeah. like, he's like a goofier Matthew McConaughey. In some things, like in Haunted Mansion, I feel like he's trying too hard. Well, uh, it could have been the script, too. Well, possibly. I, again, I like that movie more than a lot of people do. I think Wasn't like, he, he was in that with Ahsoka, right? Yeah. That, that was the crossover. Yeah, Ahsoka is in it. That's a good point. I I liked... And, and Frank the, with his rum ham. I really enjoyed uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I think he's a great leading man. Hmm. I like Lakeith Stanfield. And unlike a lot of, of our... Other actors like Brad Pitt, who they kept trying to make a leading man, and he's always so boring when he's a leading man. Yeah, Brad Pitt's awful. Lakeith Stanfield can actually be a leading man in a movie like Haunted Mansion. I hope you're kidding. What? About Brad Pitt. No, he's so dull when he's a leading man. He's interesting as a, as a character actor, mm-hmm. but you make him a lead like in Troy or World War Z. You didn't like him in World War Z? No. Oh, I thought he was good in that. 
Well, I mean, he was like Meet Joe Black. Yes. And Troy. Well, he wasn't really the lead actor in Troy. Wasn't he? Who was if it wasn't him? Eric Banya? Really? You think they were like, we have Brad Pitt on this, but we're hanging it on Eric Banna. They put Brad Pitt in just so he could look pretty as Achilles. Well, he did look pretty. Anyway, my point is I find him very boring. (laughs) Welcome to the Brad Pitt podcast. (laughs) I find him very boring in lead roles, but I like him in things like Ocean's Eleven or in... uh, uh, Oh my god! When he played Floyd on the couch in True Romance? Yes. Or what is he... What's that uh, Guy Ritchie movie he's in? Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Snatched. Oh, Snatched. Snatch. I think he's great in Snatch. Oh, he's great in Snatch. So. Fight Club? Uh, mm, come eh, on. Eh. He was good in Fight Club. Anywho, point is, I, I think. Get, La- I get what you're saying. I think, I think Lakeith Stanfield's actually interesting as a leading man in something like Haunted Mansion um, and is able to. Name the other things he was the leading man in. Uh, <laughs> wait, he was also uh, the leading man in. Um, uh-huh. He was also the leading man in Sorry to Bother You. He was, yeah. But I. I, you know, I am. And also, he looks so sexy. I'm Lakeith just going to Yeah. You like him when he was in Atlanta, when he was a stoner? Eh, I mean, he looks, he didn't look bad in there, but he looks so good in Haunted Mansion. Anywho, uh, what were we talking about? I, think, I don't know. Being, we're talking about being gay for actors podcast? Let's <laughs> be gay for <laughs> Look, Jason, I'm gay for anybody. Um, you don't have to be an actor. We were talking about Loki. So you, you are liking Loki. I am, yeah. I'm, it a, seems a little more loosey goosey this season. Yes, it's. Uh, it's not that I think the show is bad. I think I'm just so tired of the Marvel universe that I just don't care. Yes. Well, okay. Then before we get into this crazy crossover stuff that we're going to talk about with the, like actual Avengers, let's talk about the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe and how they finally came to the realization that they've been doing TV wrong. Yeah. I I think that could help something. I mean, maybe? it certainly can't make it worse. Um, I did, did you read the same article I did about how um, Kevin Feige came in and basically fired everybody off Daredevil? Yes. Because, you know, during the actor's strike, they couldn't do anything anyway. And they're like, hey, let's retool this. Well, and from my understanding, they had filmed six episodes of the series already. Yeah. And he looked at it and he was like, no, these are bad. And it's like, dude, I don't understand. why are you waiting till episode six to look at the dailies? I don't understand how he has been so hands off with all, like, how many TV shows have they done already? Many. And like two of them worked? Yeah. And it's one and the thing, ones that do work, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do a second season. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> right? I'm surprised Loki got a second season. I'm shocked, actually. I think it's just because the reaction to the first one was so good that they immediately did it. And now they're like, oh, I guess we got to do one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand what's going on at Marvel. But apparently I, moving forward, they're, they're planning on developing TV series that can last more than one season. Well, my understanding, too, is some of these changes are forced on them by the, by the deal that the Writers Guild struck. Because Marvel wasn't using writer, writers' rooms. They were getting, like, you know, one big name to come in and pen most of the series. And, they were. They had even admitted that they were treating their TV series like movie sets. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And they were very hands-off. They're like, all right, this is your thing. Go do it. And then when it was done, they thought they could fix it in post. <laughs> I don't understand this. I mean, I, with all due respect, what does Kevin Feige do? Like, isn't this his job to, you know, take a look at things and make sure that they're going okay before you get to episode six? No, he got to the point where he doesn't do anything anymore, I think. That's a shame. But it he's, happens. He's the Stan Lee of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He really is. Maybe he'll start guest starring on the TV shows. Maybe he'll start narrating them. <laughs> All right. So this week we are talking about First Sign, which is the crossover uh, of the month that goes through Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and the Avengers. And the Avengers is the last part. 
So before we get to the Avengers, we'll talk. Do you want me to sum up the other three? <laughs> We're going to talk really quickly about the other three. This is a Zodiac storyline, correct? Yes. We start with Captain America 449 from March of 19... These are all from March of 1996. Captain America, written by Mark Wade, penciled by Ron Garney, uh, three inkers on it, called All Take Manhattan. Wait, the inkers are called All Take Manhattan? Yes. It's a studio. Oh. Uh, Captain America and Sharon Carter are returning to New York City from the helicarrier and set down on the Brooklyn Bridge. Suddenly, a force field pops up, trapping Cap on the island and Sharon off the island. Cap learns that the field is draining electricity and the only tech working is Zodiac's tech who created the force field. And Zodiac... They're being attacked by the super Luddite. This is not... (laughs) To be clear, this is not a Zodiac of like 12 costume criminals. This is a bunch of like nameless flunkies in Zodiac outfits. Yes. So Zodiac is just the name like Hydra. Exactly. Uh, Cap heads to Avengers Mansion and Jarvis tells him most of the team is outside the city save for Thor and Iron Man. He finds Thor at Thor's apartment and asks for his help, but finds out that Thor's godly powers are also gone, just as Zodiac begins to move in on the apartment. Takes us to Thor 496, written by William Mesner Lobes, penciled by Mike Deodato, inked by Mike Deodato. I didn't realize Mike Deodato was also doing Thor at this point in time. It's called Doing the Zodiac Rag. Yeah, that's what it's called. Wow. The Enchantress helps... In a Thor book. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember William Mesner Lobes? I do. He wrote uh, The Flash for a long time, didn't he? Yes, he did. He also wrote Wonder Woman for quite a while. Okay. Uh, wrote Dr. Fate. I love his Dr. Fate. It's really good. Anyway, the Enchantress helps Thor and Cap stop the Zodiac at his apartment, and then Thor and Cap race across town to stop a Zodiac portal from opening and disgorging more soldiers. They don't make it. So what you're saying is there's more soldiers. Yes. Iron Man number 326 then, written by Terry Cavanaugh, penciled by Jim Chung, Hector Colazzo, and Steve Ellison, also with three inkers, is called First Sign Part 3. The first one that actually put the crossover title in the title. <laughs> Nothing like throwing it in the third one. Uh, burnout. Tony Stark is registering for college and is hit by the Zodiac blackout. His armor still has power, so he takes two Iron Man gauntlets and traces the power to an underground tunnel where Thor and Cap are fighting Zodiac agents. Tony helps them, and the three flee. Tony sends a message to the Avengers to meet them on the Brooklyn Bridge near the barrier. The four work together to figure out how to use the transportal to help the panicking populace escape, and Tony deals with his chest plate running out of energy. And that brings us to... The Avengers, number 396, from March of 1996. It is written by Terry Cavanaugh, all by himself. Just Terry Cavanaugh. Inked by John... Or, sorry, penciled by John Statema. Inked by Tom Palmer. It is called First Sign Part 4... Balance of Power. Penciled by who? John Stadema. This is his first time doing Avengers work. He started drawing comics in the mid-80s. He worked for Marvel, DC, Malibu, and First. He's done some art for RPG projects and uh, has also done some animation work. I'm trying to think where... Oh, he did some G.I. Joe issues. That's where I know him from. Really? Yeah. He is fine, in my opinion. Sure. All right, so... Tony Stark, Captain America, and Thor standing on a stolen Zodiac skyskimmer floating over the Brooklyn Bridge near the force field that is keeping anyone not on the island off the island while also draining the electricity from everything on the island. So they are inside the bubble. They are inside the bubble. And this is a a Quinjet outside the bubble. Right outside the force field are other members of the Avengers, Deathcry, Quicksilver, Giant Man, and the Wasp. Oh, right, Deathcry. I forgot about her. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. She wasn't really doing much in The Crossing. I don't think she was in it at all, was she? Oh, yeah, I guess she was, because she was when Marilla or somebody got killed. She was like, ah. But she was barely in it. 
So knowing that time is running out, young Tony uses the Iron Man gauntlets to hit the transporter, charging it up. This opens a hole in the field, but when Giant Man tries to fly the Quinjet through, the energy sapping field causes it to crash, forcing the Wasp to save his life. Thor uses his hammer to push the Quinjet away from the crowds, while the other Avengers sneak through the field opening. Okay, hold on. So, young Tony Stark uses what energy he has left in this gauntlet to power this skyscraper thing in the hopes that it's going to open up the portal and let, either let people out or let the other Avengers in. Or maybe a little of both. Yeah, that's my understanding. But when he, when he does this, it, it wipes him out and he's like dying now, right? Yes, because, because of course of his artificial heart. Artificial heart. So yeah. Also, Thor throws a hammer at a, at a ship, and instead of the hammer going through the ship, it deflects it like a pinball. <laughs> well, remember, <laughs> Thor doesn't have his power set right now. Right, which is even worse. So he's basically just shooting a gun at an airplane. Like I don't understand how his hammer deflects a whole ship instead of just going through the fuselage and wrecking it. I can't explain that. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when Tony punched the portal controls, his heart seized up. Pym can re-energize his chest plate, but he needs the power from the portal. So Wasp uses her wings to keep the crowd back while Tony sacrifices the power in the, sorry, while Hank sacrifices the power in the portal controls to bring back Tony. Right. So Wasp uses her wings to keep people from still trying to stream through it because the chance the bubble turns back on and cuts them in half. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, Quicksilver races off to try and find the Zodiac base, while the rest of the team retreats before the angry civilians. Scene shift. The Grand Canyon, where Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye are flying over in a... Which Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye are flying over in a hex ship. They are interrupted by Dum Dum Dugan. I know that movies said Dum Dum Duggan, but I always thought it was Dugan. I've always said Dugan. Dum Dum Duggan just sounds so dumb. Dum Dum. <laughs> uh, he tells... So, sorry, Dugan tells the Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye there is a Hulk problem. And then... <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. Which I'm guessing is what the editors hinted at back in that Hulk... Did we do the Hulk crossover issue? I don't think so. Did we? Oh, no. Oh, no, a, that's coming up. In a letters oh, no, page... Wait, there's something coming up with Hulk. In the letters page, the editors said there was going to be a Hulk crossover after the crossing. Yeah, because I don't understand this scene at all. I don't know why we're here in the desert. Did we know that Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye were going off somewhere? Well, and then a green helicopter teleports in front of them, which in uh, the helicopter shoots down the hex ship. Yeah. And then Hawkeye shoots down the helicopter? I guess. It's very weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I didn't think so either. Meanwhile, at the Intrepid in Lower West Side of Manhattan, the Avengers have come to fight the Zodiac who have made it their base. Captain America is not amused that they are using a American fighting ship as their base. The Avengers try to sneak their way on board, but Tony's gauntlets catch the light and tip off Zodiac starting a battle. Like, they knew it was going to happen. Why didn't you cover them up somehow? Right? Suddenly, they are attacked by the Zodiac leader, whose name is Libra. Like the Zodiac. Yes. While he's kicking the Avengers' butt, Dr. Pym sneaks below and finds the doohickey creating the force field. He bursts through the decks with it and smashes it. The force field collapses, the energy stops draining, and Libra escapes while killing all of the Zodiac members by remote control. He suggests there are more Zodiac members out there, but I'm pretty sure we never see this version of Zodiac again. <laughs> there are no bullpen bulletins this issue, but there are letters. 
The letters start by saying goodbye to Bob Harris, who wrote issue 280, The Collection Obsession, and then the book, starting with issue 343. Uh, they like that he focused on character more than action, which I completely agree with. Yeah. Uh, people really liked The Crossing. <laughs> Apparently. Force Works is ending with issue 22 next month. Mark Wade is joining Terry Cavanaugh next month as co-writer. I'm not sure that he does join him next month, but he, he doesn't. Does, he'll, he'll, he comes in in issue 400. He, yeah, he doesn't join him for like months. I was so confused by that. And then they do the top. They had done a, a favorite Avengers poll not too long ago. <laughs> yes. And they do the results of the top 20 favorite Avengers. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Why is Henry Pym second? Because they added all of his identities. That doesn't count. No, they sh you don't vote for the identity. You vote for the man. Also, if you add them all together, they don't actually include Dr. Pym. Yeah. Like that total says for Dr. Pym, but it's just the other four identities added together. So it, I. Yeah. So it's Captain America at the top, which no shock there. So let's pull Pym out of there because individually he would have ranked even his highest identity as giant man would have come in like 10th. Yeah. Then you have the vision, which I also understand. Yeah. And then Hawkeye, which I get. Yeah. Black Widow, which I'm surprised she's so high, but not unhappy about it. No, I would think he would like that. Uh, Thor. Yeah, it seems to be a fan favorite. Then seven and eight are surprising. Quicksilver and Crystal. Yeah. Weird, right? I mean, they haven't been in the book that long. Maybe it's just uh, that... Um, I think it's, it's... The fact that they've been in it more recently, so it's more of a memory thing. I think it's a lot more recent. I think that's the only reason Dr. Pym's Giant Man identity rated as high as it did. True, yes. Nobody's voting for Giant Man from, like, issue 17 of this title. No, and if you notice, his lowest identity votes was for Ant-Man. Yeah. Then She-Hulk. Then the Wasp which hurts me a little bit that she's that low. Then Hercules. Then Monica Rambeau, which shocks me that she's so high. It doesn't say Monica Rambeau. It says Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Then the Black Panther. And then Iron Man. I'm a little surprised Iron Man is so low. 14th overall. Yeah. That's crazy. It kind of is. Uh, then the Hulk, which again, why is he so high? He, he got 118 votes. He was in like two issues. <laughs> Then the Black Knight, Death Cry, which is like a knife in my back. You know what? I, I've actually grown to like her. Go ahead. Then Submariner, then Thunderstrike, and number 20 is the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch all the way down at 20. That's, that's rough. That poor her. I mean, Thunderstrike and Death Cry rated above her. That must really, that must really sting. So I'm still of the mind that you take Pym out of there because none of those identities reached that level individually. So you take the top six without him, that would be a weird team. Captain America, Vision, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, and Quicksilver. It would. It wouldn't be a bad team necessarily. No, no, it's, it's workable. It's weird. You've got two really powerful characters. You've got three eh, that powerful characters, and then you've got Quicksilver. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know where he. Yeah, true. It's it's an interesting. And you'd have, like, Cap and Black Widow as, like, the co-chairman. Yeah, kind of like the, what they were doing at the beginning of, of uh, Bob Harris's run. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. But you'd lose all that, like, relationship stuff. Crystal's not there and Scarlet Witch isn't there. And, yeah, it kind of loses some of the soap opera aspects. The Hulk's not there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> not in his clown makeup. <laughs> Unfortunately. Sorry, sorry, his robot clown makeup. But anyway, so that is the first, you know, so here's the thing about, for me, with this Zodiac plotline, the idea of re, 
of reimagining Zodiac as not 12 people in costumes, but as one person in charge of an organization of flunkies isn't a horrible idea. Because no. the problem with Zodiac has always been that you cannot develop 12 villains in a single issue. Yeah, it would be interesting if they had this army of Zodiac, but then like they took turns leading it, or... I don't even know if you need all 12 of the Zodiac. It does seem weird to call them Zodiac, though, and not have... I'm not sure why. Something. I wonder why this person chose Libra. Yeah. But again, he suggested at the end of the issue that there's more out there. So maybe that's just because he's the one we saw. But it is, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. Because Zodiac is a concept that I've always liked, yes. but has never really worked. Exactly. The problem I think with Zodiac is, yeah, you've got these 12 villains, but they all just look so ridiculous. Like what? What's a character for Sag? Like what does a costume look like for Sagittarius? Like we, who? If memory serves, it's very green. Yeah, who has like that in their head? Like oh, like Cancer, sure, Cancer. This guy's in a crab costume. Like you look ridiculous. You're in a crab costume. Yeah. But half of the zodiac symbols don't have a definite thing. Yeah, it's easy. It's, to it's do not that. like the Chinese zodiac where they're all animals. It's easy to do Taurus. Yeah. But a lot harder to work on again, like Sagittarius. Yeah. It's it's a interesting concept that has a, a lot of difficulties visually. Yeah, but again, even if it's not visual, it's just that's a lot of characters. I yeah. mean, there's a reason why the Avengers don't have twelve members on their team because you can't you can't work with that many members. It would be a curious concept though to have the twelve guys on like some sort of panel, like they're a, a committee. Sure. And then they rotate who's in charge based on what time of year it is. I, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> idea. Because like, hey. Mercury rising and now or whatever Scorpio's rising now Scorpio's turn in the I think if you so maybe they did that maybe I'm not making that up I don't know. I don't think so I think if you were going to use them as recurring bad guys in like a shield title then you could do that kind of where they came from isn't it well that's where uh, that's that's where Scorpio came from yeah um then there's something there's something there because you have the time where you could start to develop them but when they only show up once every like three years you just don't have time for it I mean, Zodiac's a cool name, but it doesn't really mean anything outside of 12 things. Yeah. So having an army of people named Zodiac, you're like, and? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it kind of loses any meaning and it's just a name. Yeah. Well, that's, that's... Is that it? Was that our treatise on Zodiac? Is that all we have to talk about today? Yeah, I don't really have anything else unless you do. No, I don't. I mean, it's just one issue because it was part of a crossover and also for us to do two issues from now on to the end of the book. My, my only note on this is I wanted to bring up the fact that they said Mark Wade was going to be joining us in 30 days, and he does not. <laughs> no, he does not. Because <laughs> I read the next two issues, and I was like, this isn't Mark Wade. No, it is not. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is avenginghour at gmail.com, and you can find us on Instagram at theavengingour. Bye-bye. It's avenginghour at gmail.com, and you can find us on Instagram at theavengingour. Bye-bye.